Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Seriously, the miracle of technology. It's AV and Mike in the GM Shuffle, and I'm in Secaucus, New Jersey, and my man Lombardi is down under. That's right. The Dingo Ate My Baby, Crocodile Dundee, Australia with Hugh Jackman, directed by Baz Lorman. Australian football. Seriously, I want everything. Tell me about the flights. Tell me about the food. Tell me about the people. What do you got going on down under? Oh, my God. So First of all, I'm on Qantas, you know, like Rain Man, never crash. Perfect, Qantas right? never crashed. Never crashed. And then uh, it's just unbelievable. I, had, I got the lay completely flat out. It, it, the food was incredible. The service was even better. I mean, there must have been 50 people, stewardesses and staff on that plane. It's the biggest plane I think I ever flew on. 15 hours to get here. My Lord, was it long. You know, I was like, can we just get over some land so I'm a little comfortable here, you know? But I got here and it's been it's been great. I mean, it's been unbelievable. You would never know how much goes into Australian rules football in terms of coaching, the 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 technology that they use, the training methods that they use. It's been it's been a fascinating three days for me. It's been so much fun. I'm with the Essendon Club, which has been great. They've been uh, facilities AD are unbelievable. You can't believe the facilities and the players are great. It's been it's been a blast. I mean, the weather. It's winter time tonight. I'm going to go into Melbourne and uh, hang out and uh, go to Italian restaurant for dinner and with some of the coaches. And so it's been great. I'm going to go to a game at Marvel Stadium. Uh, fifty thousand people there. I mean, I'm living large here. It's been fun. You had me at Italian food. I, I want to know for you, a real proud Italian American. What kind of Italian food in Australia? Like, if you come back and you go, honestly, man, this is like a five star restaurant. That's gonna blow my mind. They say there's a huge Italian population in Australia in Melbourne on this street and uh, that I'm going to go to tonight. So I'm going to give you the full rundown. I mean, look, they know Tony Soprano here, so they know what's expected. I mean, I, I mean, the people are so friendly. It's unbelievable. They're so friendly and so nice, and they love, they love this sport. It's funny. Essendon brought me down here. Xavier Campbell, the, the CEO of the company, reached out to me because I did a couple radio shows and said, hey – can you come down and consult for us? And then all these other teams in the AFL are trying to get me to come over to work for free. Like, do they, you know, I, re- I realize I'm Italian. We tend to jump sides a lot, you know, but like, I'm not going to do that, right? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, I always knew you were a big deal. And now we can say we're a big deal, not only on this continent, literally the world over, Michael Lombardi is making an impact on Australia as well. So I look forward, I'm sure they'll be can writing for the Athletic. And give, go ahead. I, it's really humbling, the power of the written word. Like, you write a book, it's really humbling. I mean, I wouldn't be here without a book. Like, you know, my three Super Bowl rings are meaningless. I mean, the power of the book that people read, and like Thomas Friedman said, the world's flat. It's just really a humbling experience to be here. To that, it, Actually, people in another country read your book, you know, I'm thinking nobody in the NFL read my book and people in the other cut, which I think a lot of people in the NFL didn't read my book. You know, the thing I love about the book is I got more basketball coaches. I'm a, I, it's the greatest thing ever. Basketball coaches love the book. Well, that's the thing. Like you said, it's universal, um, and that's why I think people can appreciate it so much because they know that the stories you're telling are, are, are parallels not only for NFL, but NBA, but I think life, right? You're telling life lessons in that book. So if sports is a metaphor for life, then your book – 
uh, Gridiron Genius is a metaphor yeah, for people. I think so. I think it tries to be. And I think the problem with the book originally was we sold it as a football book, but it's a culture book disguised as a football book. That'll be the audience. We've changed the cover of the book for the paperback. So we'll see. But this is this is incredible. I mean, this is absolutely incredible. And the one thing I learned about Australian people is that they don't mind getting an airplane for 14 hours. Like they 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 say, hey, if you live in this country, you got to be prepared to fly somewhere. Right. Just figure it out. Um, good luck with the koala bears and the kangaroos. People always think the pouches are cute. Apparently, if you look inside a pouch, it's filthy, like disgusting, filled <laughs> with bacteria. So stay away from the zoo. Uh, let's get to some football, my man. Rodney Harrison was almost a Raider. What? Let Discovered me tell you that. Instead of joining the Patriots... Yeah, Harrison almost signed with the Raiders back in 2003. According to Harrison, though, it wasn't meant to be for one simple reason. Rodney Harrison laughed and said, yeah, because they were cheap. I mean, I can't play for free. I live out in California. I got people I got to take care of. That is true. California's expensive. It was all of 250000 per year, something like that. I mean, it was a number, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't what I was worth. And I really think that Coach Belichick came in and really valued me as a player and as a person, and he showed me a lot of respect. And that's what I wanted. Money is cool, but I wanted the respect and the knowledge. I wanted to be able to go from losing to winning, and it happened. When I came here, I actually learned how to play football on a different level. He did. I, I'm not going to deny what he said, but here's the real reality of it. We had him agree to a contract. The contract was typed up. He's sitting in the Hall of Fame room, which is where we signed contracts. It was kind of spooky in the Hall of Fame room. There's about 20 pictures of Al Davis inducting people into the Hall of Fame. He's in the same green jacket, you know. And so he's in this room with his agent, Steve, Steve Feldman's his agent. Steve was always a little shaky, you know. He had a lot of stuff going on. And Bill and Bill at the last hour comes in at the last minute and starts talking to the kid. And we can't get Al Davis to move any more money into it because he really didn't want to sign Rodney Harrison. He thought Harrison was done. You know, his hamstring was bad. He didn't really. So even when we were making the deal, there was no more money. And then the great Bruce Allen is the GM of the, you know, he was did the contract. So he couldn't get it and he wasn't sold on it. And I'm sitting there saying, this guy's a really good player. We could use him. Well, no, no, no. Next thing you know, they swoop in. We got a contract. It's just waiting to be signed. It's literally waiting to be signed. They come in and the kid leaves the building and we lose him. So he was, it was, it was agreed upon. It wasn't like, okay, we're going to do it. It was agreed upon. But, you know, sometimes, I think, you know, you're pissed off at the moment. The kid did the right thing. He did the right thing. He learned how to play football. He went to the right place for his skill set, and I'm happy that he did. And he fed his family a lot of money. And he said Belichick showed him respect, showed him his worth, did call you guys cheap. Fair? Unfair? I, I think we were. I think we had the right deal. I think he had coming off a year where he didn't play very well, and he got beat bad by Denver on a touchdown, and it looked like he had a bad hamstring, and he wasn't in high demand. He wasn't in high demand, and, and, and I knew he was really he not healthy, and so I was pushing to sign him. But, you know, he didn't have a great 40 time coming out of Western Illinois, so the college reports were down on him. He was never on the Raiders board whatsoever. And the Raiders back then were all about, okay, you know, we like the guy, we don't like the if the guy can't run, we're not going to take him. So that was the problem, and I think that that's really why, you know, at the end of the day, we couldn't get any more money out of Al Davis. So that's you know that, and I think it worked out better for him. We went downhill immediately after that, so it probably worked out better. But at least we had the right idea. Lots of drama right now for the Dallas Cowboys. Here's the update for Ezekiel Elliott was not on the charter flight with the majority of the team. July 25th, officially a no show. Uh, when the time came for mandatory attendance one day later, team owner Jerry Jones officially called his two-time rushing champion late 
and the club went on to place him on the reserve did not report list. Zeke was later spotted in Mexico. So real simple here, right, Mike? They got to make a decision. Are you going to pay Zeke or are you going to pay Dak? Dak's still got a year left, but they don't want him to be a no-show. He's going to be pissed off. How come I'm not getting paid? And right now, it looks like Zeke's drawn a line of the stand here with Jerry Jones. How does this thing going to play out? Because clearly Jerry's going to have to pick who he's going to pay. He can't pay all these guys. I, I think Jerry's got to go to Dak and say, I wrote this column for the Athletic there. I think Jerry's got to go to Dak and say, Dak, look, you're, you're not worth, th- I can't pay you $30 million this contract. I'm not going to pay you $25. I'll pay you $23 million for three years. I'll guarantee the whole thing. I'll give you the cash exactly, but I got to pay this player because I think Zeke is a game changer. I don't think they've utilized Zeke enough in the passing game to really warrant where he could change. He caught 77 passes last year, almost double, almost if you add his first two years in the league, it's more than he did his first two years. I, I think if I'm Jerry, and I, look, I'm not back, I'm not a back guy. I think you could find back. Zeke's not a back, he's a game changer. You could take Zeke and line him up outside the formation. And what you could do with Zeke is if you got – say you had another running back with Zeke, a guy that could do some things, not great, but kind of an H-back kind of that. What I would do is I would play Zeke and this other back together. And I would be with one tight end who could block, and I would be in that formation – and then from that formation, I would utilize Zeke in the passing game, line him up in the slot, line him up outside, force everybody else to do things, and then force him to get the ball in space. He should have 10 touchdowns. He should average over in receptions. He should average over 10 yards a catch. He's a weapon. You know, and I think I don't think they utilize his skill set. I think they just run him, and I think they just do that. I think it's a mistake. I think I think you got to pay the player, and I'm not about paying running backs. Like I'm not like I'm not there with Melvin Gordon. I think Melvin Gordon's a good player, but you know I got to pay Philip Rivers. I got you know I, I I'm paying Zeke because because you know Mike exactly just said the cynics would say, dude, if you've been watching the NFL the last few years, it's a passing league. Pay the quarterback, pay the receivers, pay the left guard, pay the tight ends. Running backs are dime a dozen; they get devalued. But you're saying. I'd make an exception in Zeke because he's the elite of the running back class. I think you're right. If you are going to pay him, well, utilize him. Like you said, use him in space. Don't just make him a guy, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust kind of thing. Yeah, I don't think you can do that. I, I think you got to utilize his skill in space. I mean, this guy is a matchup nightmare. I mean, if you line him up in the slot, you know, on third, on, on first down, and he's in the slot against a, a linebacker, because look, if you play the Cowboys, you got to play base defense against him. You can't line up your nickel. He'll run you out of nickel. Like he's a true weapon. He's all over. He's a point guard that you got to match up to. I, I just think to me that's the difference. And I think he's the straw that stirs the drink. I think. Look, I, I think Amari Cooper's a great player. I'd pay Zeke before Amari because he Zeke can do as much as Amari. I mean, Zeke can make plays. And, and I and I I just don't get. And he's a matchup player. Who's covering Zeke on the other team? Let me play it out then. You sign Zeke to the money he wants. You go to Dak and say, I can't pay you three a year. I can give you three years, 23. And Dak says, I don't care. I'm not taking it. So you'd be willing to say, all right, good luck One to you. more year. Eventually, I'll get him. Because Jerry can use his persuasive skills, you know. Right. But when you go play the Cowboys, if Zeke, if Zeke ain't on the field, it's a whole different game. It's a whole different game. Could you imagine what Josh McDaniels would do with Zeke Elliott? Again, like you said, an off- for those who haven't listened to Jim Shuffle, you said you think he's the best offensive mind of the game. So if you had a play caller like that who could utilize and mismatch, as you said to me before, football is so much a game of mismatches. I'm going to exploit your greatest weakness and promote my biggest strength, which in this case for the Cowboys is Zeke. Right. 
I'm going to be in. I'm going to be in base offense with two backs, which forces you to be in, in, in regular personnel. And then I'm going to take advantage of your slow linebacker, who you got to keep on the field. And oh, if by the way, if you go to nickel, I'm going to run it up your ass. I'm going to kill you in it, and then you're not going to get the bat. So where are you going? Right. I don't want to substitute. The goal of offensive football today is not to be sitting there on the sideline with that huge play sheet and say, let's go give me 11. Now I want 12. Now I, the key is to be in a base personnel group and be able to get to every other base person, every other group. So if you're in tw- only one, two backs, one tight end, you can get into 11. You can get into 10. You can move people around. The key is to never having to substitute. That's what Zach gets you. That's what that's what Zeke gets you. Yeah, certainly a special player. Speaking of special players on offense, Michael Thomas and the Saints closing in on a contract extension amid his holdout. The wide receiver and the Saints expected to reach an agreement on an extension soon. That's according to Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk. Florio reported Friday two sides were close to reaching a deal. You think Thomas is being unreasonable on this one? I thought he was being a little greedy. You know, he's a little bit like what did what did Melfi tell Tony one time? You can't have all the rigatoni. You can't eat all the pasta, right? Like at some point, you can't eat it all. <laughs> Right. You know, and, and I think that and I think Dak has to know you can't eat it all. Right. Like like if you're Dak Prescott going back to him for just a second, you got this contract. Sure. If, you, if you make it short, if you do a three year deal with Dak, you're saying you got three more contracts, this one and then two more. Right. And at the end of the day, you and you and Zeke are sitting on a porch 30 years from now. Your bank account is going to be a hell of a lot bigger than his. Right. And it's the same thing with Michael Thomas. You can't eat all the pasta. You can't eat all the rigatoni. You got to let it go a little lighter. But Michael Thomas is a really good player. And I think he obviously, the window for the Saints is right now. They need him to get going. They lose Michael Thomas all of a sudden. With, with Jared Cook, Michael Thomas, wow, they're, they're formidable. And speaking of receivers, the Giants are basically out of receivers. They've watched Sterling Shepard and Corey Coleman go down with the injuries. Golden Tate PED suspension. Listen, you and I already, I think, had the Giants winning like three games. Now that you've lost three receivers, you want to make that two games now? <laughs> you, you know what cracks me up about this is is people are like they're giving they're giving Gettleman shit because he lost Corey Coleman. Do you realize Corey Coleman can't play? Does anybody realize Corey Coleman can't play? Like if Corey Coleman's on the field and I'm driving to the stadium and oh, there's Corey Coleman. Do you think I'm worried? Worried? Do you think, oh, God, I'm play, playing Corey Coleman today? Like, if Zeke's on the field, I'm freaking worried. I'm not worried about Corey Coleman. Like, the Giants had a receiver problem before Corey Coleman showed up. Like, I don't get the media. I don't get it. Like, they're giving him a hard time because they, they Corey Coleman got hurt. Why weren't you giving him a hard time before Corey Coleman started playing? Like, to think you could count on Corey Coleman, then give him a hard time. Like, it makes no sense at all to me. And so, you know, Sterling Shepard's a slot receiver who he's got to play outside, right? So you got that. He, he doesn't really have that going for him. I mean, Golden Tate is a slot receiver who can't play outside. Okay, where are they going to play a guy? Like, don't give me crap about losing him. I mean, this giant offense can be could be really bad. It could be really bad. And speaking of the Giants, Kurt Warner, the quarterback Eli Manning replaced. He knows what Eli's going through. He said it's always hard. Of course, Kurt's now an NFL Network analyst. He was paying a visit to Giants training camp. When you're the veteran guy, you know there's a guy behind you that's eventually going to play. It was always one of those things. He had to fight not playing or worrying about making a mistake or getting tight, playing differently than he did before. But seriously, you and I both know Eli is going to get replaced by the starters, Daniel Jones, at some point this season because they're a bad team. And if you have a bad team, what the hell is the point of using the veteran Eli? Go put Daniel Jones in there and see what you got, right? 
No doubt. He, no doubt. I mean, look, I mean, what are the what are the Giants going to hang their hat on? Jenkins is over 30 years old. I mean, I'm not a Jabril Peppers fan, so we'll see. Can Sam Beal start at corner? Are they good enough at corner to hold on? You know, where are they where where's the strength of the Giants? I, I don't see it. I'm with you. I think this is a team that the, I think the over-unders at six. I'm taking the under, and especially if Eli plays quarterback. I mean, look, you think anybody's going to be scared about them offensively? First of all, Eli can't throw the ball 45 yards down the field. So you're playing an arena league game when you play them. You're, st- you're, you're, you're loading the box. You're making sure Bar- Barkley doesn't beat you, and you're going to squeeze it. Who's going to separate on the outside for them? Russell Shepard? Alonzo Russell from Toledo? I mean, come on. Who's going to do it? The other part of it, too, I mean, as I look at training camp right now, Mike, for anybody who says slow season, not much happens, the Dolphins fired a coach. Yeah. They fired their offensive line coach one week into camp. Think about that. Pat Flaherty is now gone. Hired in February, shortly after Brian Flores took over as head coach. But they struggled in the spring and summer. Flores already making the decision, listing communication and fit rather than one incident as the biggest factors in his decision. Does this happen more often? Do I just as a fan not realize this? Because I'm like, wow, a coach already got replaced and it's not even August 1st. Yeah, I think this was a bad marriage. First of all, when you this New England system that they're running in my Miami. If you haven't had any experience in running this system, it's really hard. And so you what he did is he hired an old-time guy who's set in his ways. You know, he's used to doing things his own way. Not saying that's right or wrong, but that's what he is. And they tried to get him to change and try to get him to conform. One thing about you have to understand about New England system, it's easier to train than it is to retrain. And this was a marriage that was never going to work. I mean, I, I, I can honestly tell you when they announced they hired Pat Flaherty, I said, no chance, no chance that's going to work. Because what, what he's about and what they're about it down there in Miami, which I support it completely. I give Brian Flores a ton of credit. He saw it as a problem. He didn't try to manage it. He didn't try to say, hey, they're going to get on my ass in Miami because of this. He basically just went out and said, look, I got to make this decision. It's in the best interest of the team. I do it. It was. And I think that's why. And, you know, Gooch gets to go down there. Gooch, who kind of got fired, wasn't fair for him to get fired in Indianapolis based on what they did. Uh, you know, he coached well, but he wasn't the right fit in Indianapolis for what they wanted to do. I don't think Flaherty was the right fit at all. It never was going to work. And I, I was surprised after many camps that they didn't just make this move. I mean, this is a move that basically, what's that the term in divorce? Irreconcilable differences. Irreconcilable yeah. differences. Correct. That th- This this was a divorce waiting to happen. I mean, this was like, you knew this was going to go. There's no chance. Well, there's a divorce, and we've seen Seattle divorce some of their players, but now we have a union because Bobby Wagner gets signed to a three-year, $54 million extension, $40 million guaranteed. The guy's 29 years old, Mike. He's not the highest paid inside linebacker, $18 million a year. It was blunt to May and said, I want to be the highest paid linebacker in the NFL. C.J. Mosley gets $17 million a year from the Jets. But here's the thing that's interesting. Wagner negotiated the contract without an agent. Can you imagine that? Is this going to happen more often? I mean, and yeah. look, he got 40 guaranteed. Now, we I haven't seen if it's all 40 guaranteed. He got 54 total. Look, the one thing what people don't understand about Seattle's defense, and I think this is a big misconception, and I, I read about it, people talk about it. The Mike linebacker in Seattle's defense is one of the most important positions on the field. Just like people say, well, corner's the most important. They don't play enough man-to-man in Seattle for corner to be important. They play cover three. They play zone. If anybody tries to challenge that, they're wrong. They're completely wrong. The mic's important. The three techniques important. The defensive line's important. The strong safety. Those positions, and I think this is where Pete Carroll's getting back to his basics. I think he's getting back to his roots. And look, they paid a quarterback a ton of money. Now they paid their Mike linebacker. They're strong down the middle of the field. They're going to have to see how it goes. They got to hope they hit on – they got to get back to being really good at drafting. That's what they got to do. 
And it's the same thing here. You know, I'm at I'm at the in, in the AFL and, and Australian rules, and the parallels between the problems here with teams in in this league and the problem with teams, it really comes down to player development. It really comes down to what teams can develop players and what players are worth developing. And if you can do that, if you can break that code, you really have a chance. And most teams, like the Redskins, have no idea how to break that code. No, the Redskins. Can you imagine the Redskins tried out four offensive linemen this week, thinking like they did, they weren't going to need offensive linemen? Are you serious? Did they look at their depth chart before the summer? Can you imagine that they have a quarterback who they're trying to practice? Here's what people don't understand: when you draft a rookie quarterback, Daniel Jones, Haskins. You have to spend overtime and money to bring in offensive linemen because if you put these guys in a preseason game with a bunch of backup offensive linemen, it's going to be you can't even evaluate them. You can't even watch them. You can't. You have no chance to evaluate them. So you got to spend time on these backup offensive linemen. And obviously Washington didn't. And they're going to. It's going. They're going to pay a price. And I think this is what happens when you don't understand player development. Well, it's interesting. You mentioned the Redskins. And how about Adrian Peterson? The Redskins running backs made nearly a hundred million dollars in his NFL career, but Perry doesn't have much money left. Over the past years, Peterson's financial woes have led to at least three different lawsuits with three different creditors using the legal system to try and get Peterson to pay off his debts. Of those three lawsuits, two have been filed in the past eight weeks. According to his lawyer, Chase Carlson, the 34-year-old is having financial problems because he was trusting the wrong people. We've seen before, this guy's a horrific father. The stuff that he did to his kid was horrific. And I get the fact he's a great player, and I understand that. But Mike, I, I understand, again, I see a lot of NFL players struggle with, with money and all that. Hundred million bucks are you kidding how, how does that happen I, I don't understand it look I think you know I, I I don't understand how that happens in the least you know it's like and he had representation I mean Ben Dagra who was a longtime agent in the NFL was his guy and so he's had like real good now Dagra got suspended by the by the league by the Players Association and I'm not sure where he is right now if he's still doing representation on players he used to be with CAA then he got fired but I mean when you lose a hundred million dollars I mean how do you do that? Like, how, how do you go about, I mean, one thing is, you, you, you know, when you're making this kind of money, you don't need to hit a three-run homer. You just need to hit the ball, take the two iron out, and hit it down the middle of the field. Because you, if you make 5% on this kind of money, you're going to be a wealthy man forever. It's, it's honestly it's staggering how these guys can do this, though. It happens a lot, right? right? Well, like DeAndre Baker buys his mom. I mean, I think it's great you buy your mom a car. Does she really need a Bentley? <laughs> I mean, maybe find you something don't, that's reliable. Yeah, maybe you don't buy her a Kia, but don't buy her a Bentley, right? Like, find somewhere in the middle. I, I, I just don't understand it, and I think sometimes these guys think they don't understand that the money's not going to come in. If you make five hundred thousand dollars a year in the NFL, uh, you know, or a million dollars a year in the NFL, maybe you make it for five years in a row, but after that, you're not going to make it again. So, how do you? You have to live on your salary for the rest of your life. How do you do that? Right. I think that you're right. That's the biggest challenge. It's a five year window. I mean, the average NFL career is three point what. 3.2 seasons, whatever yeah, it is. So that's it's right. like it's, it's very tough to be able to keep that money. All right, credit card bills. Every month you get them with multiple payments and multiple due dates. Wouldn't it be easier to have just one payment, Mike, at a lower rate? You can with a credit card consolidation loan from our friends at Lightstream. Get a rate as low as 5.95% APR with auto pay. Plus, the rate is fixed, so you'll never go up over the life of the loan. You can get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000 with no fee. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserves a better loan experience, and that's exactly what they deliver. And honestly, just for me and Mike, for our listeners, apply 
right now to get a special interest rate discount. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash the GM shuffle. That's lightstream.com, L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash the GM shuffle. Subject to credit approval, rates include 0.5% auto pay discount. Terms and condition apply. Offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash the GM shuffle for more information. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, these second-round playoffs have been unreal, and we have the conference finals now on the horizon. Make sure you get all those futures bets in before the value disappears. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets in. Instantly, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. So I love the GM Shuffle. Not only is it uh, instructive, uh, we learn about the football from Mike. It's a travel guide. You learn about Australia. But now we just get advice from Mike. I don't know if this is a sponsored segment. I'm not sure where Joey's coming with this. I'm not sure if Mike just wants to <laughs> indulge. We can get cooking advice. Oh, Millie's going to give cooking advice. Millie wants to have Millie's Corner <laughs> on cooking. I can promise you that. That's going to happen. Yeah, Millie's Corner on cooking and also moving. I want yeah, Millie's no moving doubt. advice because Mil- that's key. Yeah, Millie and Bernadette could handle it. They could do both, both the cooking and the moving. <laughs> but I see here advice. Advice from Mike, don't make too much of the who looks good, who looks bad. What do you got on that specifically? I'm sure that pertains to football, not just life. I think this is ridiculous. You know, every day you pick up, you go to the redzone.org or whatever you read in the morning, and this guy had a great practice or this guy's going to make the team. Like at some point, don't believe any of it. Like until you can watch a game and you watch the first game of the, you watch the, the, uh, the, the punt team, on both teams, the punt team, punt return, kickoff team, kickoff return. You watch those four teams. If players you don't know are on those teams, get to know those players. All this talk about a guy, you know, I've seen it so many times. Guy had one catch. The next day I read the paper, oh, he had a great day at practice. The, the, the other 70 plays he was in, he sucked. <laughs> like at some point, you got to just, you know, the people that are watching the practices, they're just watching glimpses. They're just grading like just one thing. You can't, you can't do it. Like if, and I'm saying this for anybody who listen to this who might bet on summer teams okay i think you got to be real careful about listening to the rhetoric and the one advice i'd give if you want to bet on preseason games if that's what you want to do then make sure that you look at the coaches one loss records in the preseason and bet coaches because coaches that want to win in the preseason have already tried to win before all right, good advice there from Mike. Send us your questions by emailing us at the gmshuffle at gmail.com. I will only opine if you're going to bet on preseason games, 
that, that's a hell of a life yeah, you got exactly. going on. Uh, hello, Michael Lombardi. Yeah, long-time listener and reader. I think you've got the best NFL content out there. Had a question for you, maybe something to talk about in the pod. Let's say I'm an offensive coach planning summer practices. I've been listening to the GM Shuffle, so I know I need to emphasize. First down, because we've got to get the drive started. Second down, because we need to play Canadian football. I love that. Third down, because if we can't convert third down, we're in trouble. And then a whole bunch of situations. Red zone, short yardage, two-minute fast, two-minute milk on the clock. Whoa, timeout. If we don't have any tendencies, we can't be any good, right? If I, I focus on everything. Yeah, we'll wind up average at best across the board. So how would you slice up practice time? If you put up percentages around the downs or the different situations, what would you do? Also, out of curiosity, how have the guys you've been around do it, or how do some teams around the league approach it? Well, I think, first of all, not every team in the league approaches it this way. They say they do. That's why the people that don't read, they didn't read my book, because oh, we do that. You know, Even though Belichick's got 74 wins and the next closest competition is 57, yeah, if everybody does what he does, then why is there such a gap? Why has he lapped the field? Okay, the first thing you got to do is you every week you should have a period for drive starters. Every practice should be drive starters. 12 plays for the defense, 12 plays for the offense. That should be ones against ones. You should always have a huge second down period in practice every single day. Second and 10, second and 8, second and 9. You're going to have a huge time. And then every time you've got to practice third down in the red zones, you start red zone and then you've got red zone third downs and you've got field third downs. Those things have to be practiced constantly all the time. And then you split up the other. And then I think you do like baseball. You've got to take a certain day we're going to work on certain parts of the field you know where where we are with the ball here we are it's it's third down five the ball's at midfield what do we do all these game situations that you want to go through two minute drives all that every day two minute drive can be uh can be the fast two minute it could be the slow two minute but you've got to work it in and so when you go to team you just can't go ones against ones you got to go situations against situations and so that's how i would break it up and so switching sides, the ball over the last two years, he also writes Alex B. Watching Pat's game sometimes, I wonder if all they're practicing is red zone defense. No doubt an exaggeration, but they'll keep a safety deep, make sure their opponent has to go through the red area, and then once they get down there, it's a whole different team. Even from the broadcast deep, you can tell the players are more comfortable, they're playing faster when they get in the red zone on defense. No doubt. Alec, you have you hit the nail on the head. There's not a day that goes by they don't practice red zone defense. Because, look, it's real simple, right? The secret to all victory lies in the organization of the non-obvious. The non-obvious is if we don't give up big plays and we make you work the ball into the red zone, then if we play good red zone, we win the four-point plays, we'll keep the score down. You only get 12 possessions. The way you get the game gets into the 30s is if you give up a big play and they don't have to drive the ball down the field. That's what cracks me up about some of these college. If I was the head coach at Rutgers, right, all I would do with Rutgers is practice red zone. I would be vanilla on first down. I would say to the opponent, look, I'm not as good as you are. You're not getting any big plays on me. And when you get down this red area, I'm going to stop you. You know who does that? Iowa State. Iowa State, you got to give Matt Campbell a ton of credit because he's figured it out. He reduced the game down because he knows he can't keep up with the speed in the, in, the, in the Big 12. So he's reduced the game to where he can win it for him. And I give him credit. Alec, I love you. You're awesome. <laughs> Make sure keep it coming. GM Shuffle, of course, you can always tweet Mike. He's very interactive on Twitter. Tweet me as well. We'd love to hear from you. Last thought here. So the Bengals' A.J. Green likely out six to eight weeks. Adam Schefter saying he's not expected to be ready for the regular season opener September 8th at Seattle. But here's what I want to close with. Todd Gurley to reporters said, stop putting this bad energy on my knee. Y'all have got to stop putting this bad energy in my knee, man. Just let it be. The knee was an issue throughout 2018, given multiple reports of an athletic component. It quite likely will be an issue going forward. And you have said, Mike, stay away from Gurley if you 
you got fantasy because you don't trust his knee. You can't trust his knee. He's telling you to stay away. He knows it hurts. He knows he has a hard time. I feel bad for the kid. What a great player. But he stirs their drink too. Look, they gave him $60 million and they were right to give it to him in terms of the talent. They weren't right to give it to him in terms of the knee. That guy, that guy makes their offense go. If he's healthy in that Super Bowl, I think it's a different Super Bowl, but he wasn't, and that's the game. And look, here's the problem. It's like, okay, the, the Cowboys sign Alfred Morris. Well, when Alfred Morris is in the game, everybody knows it's run. Right, because he, he does nothing in the passing game. When you know, when when C.J. Anderson was in the game, Belichick knew it was Ron. Right, so players dictate what you can do. But when you get a multi-dimensional player like Gurley and like Zeke, that you can't really know what they're going to do, and they can move them around in formation. Remember, Gurley averaged ten yards a catch two years ago. Those are the kind of things that make it really difficult, and that's what you got to be able to do. So, you know, I feel for Gurley, I really do. Now, before we go, I do want to know. I've I've been reading a book called Chaos. Since I've been on a lot of airplanes, I've read a lot of books, and I, I picked up this book at the L.A. airport because it caught me. It's called Chaos. It's about the Manson murders, and this writer has figured out that perhaps there was more involved than just Manson killing these people, which I do think must be what what Quentin based the movie Qu- Once Upon a Time in Hollywood off of. Is this true? No. You know what? I, that does sound like an intriguing book, but um, I'm a huge Tarantino fan, obviously. You and I are both talking about the fact this is the movie we were looking forward to this summer. I liked it, but I didn't love it. I thought it was a little long. It's two hours and 40 minutes. Could use some tightening up in the editing. Uh, the first like hour and a half plus is mainly a love letter to Hollywood and just the Hollywood he grew up with. And, you know, DiCaprio plays as fading actors in Westerns and Brad Pitt's his stunt double. He's hilarious. Margot Robbie's uh, Sharon Tate. Of course, she was um, I don't know, obviously murdered in The Manson Murders. Without giving it away for you, the final 30 minutes, Tarantino, who's a fan of revisionist history, we saw this with Inglorious Bastards, saw it with Django Unchained. He does his take on The Manson Murders. I don't think, though, to what you're referring to, it's rooted in um, necessarily evidence. It's more or Quentin kind of putting his own spin on things. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And this book kind of puts its spin on it. They think there's some CIA tendencies. They think the Helter Skelter. They be, this book basically says that that the guy that wrote Helter Skelter, uh, Vincent Vincent Bugliosi, right? They said yeah. it's a completely false book. Completely false. This they just discredit the book. Are you? But that's crazy. Bugliosi is like a famed I, I, I prosecutor. Know. He's written like other this best-selling book just books. Just, it says every and, wow. and this guy and Vincent in their last meeting at his kitchen table in Pasadena, just basically they had it out because he just thinks it was all. It's just it was him promoting himself. It was all about him promoting himself. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm looking forward to wow. seeing it. I'm looking forward to coming home. I'm looking forward to our Sopranos tour, which we are going to definitely do. I promise you that. Coming soon. We're not sure exactly when, but Mike and I are going to go to Holstein's Diner. He's going to parallel park like Meadow. We're going to go to Satrialis. We might go to the Bada Bing. Uh, our wives may be upset. We'll take a picture outside. Just We'll see where Ralphie killed yeah, the Yeah, and we and will definitely on. go to the bakery where apparently the bakery where Vito, before he became Vito, is really good. <laughs> My man Corey knows where that is. Oh, nice. So we're definitely going to do that. I love it. Uh, safe travels back from Australia. Uh, the GM Shuffle will subscribe, rate, and review. Honestly, what I can't wait for is the review of the Italian restaurant. So I hope I hope I'm going to give hit. it to you. Don't worry. I'm going <laughs> to tweet a picture tonight. All right, buddy. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. 